everybody, this is Mike Van Meter. Welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show. And this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with conservatism, patriotism, the American way, and frankly, just how you ought to live your life. That's how I look at it. And today, folks, I want to share with you an interview I did on the Chris Cole Show, which is also known as the Mr. Reagan Show. And Chris is based out of Los Angeles, California. And, and some of you know that I met him a few years ago at CPAC and then ran into him again this year at CPAC. And he has a, a streaming show and ended up doing a live broadcast and invited me on to talk about another, none other than the Durham report, the state of the FBI, and more importantly, what needs to be done um, after talking about what the problems are. And so we talked for about an hour about the FBI, the Durham report, and my thoughts on what ought to be done. And many of you know that early on in this podcast series, Myself and some other retired agents gave our take on this, uh, how we got to where we are, and the problems of mixing an intelligence agency along with the abilities and responsibilities of a law enforcement agency, and it creates a lot of problems, and we talked about that. So the next day, I went on and had a similar conversation, only it was about nine minutes, on Sebastian Gorka's show on America First, and I went down to Rosalind, Virginia, and went into the studio with him, and I will be posting that here shortly later this week, so you can hear that, and same type of discussion, but with that, here is my interview uh, with Chris Coles on Mr. Reagan. Okay, here it is. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if this is working or not because I've never used this particular platform, but let's give this a shot. This is going to be the first Mr. Reagan live stream in hopefully a series of live streams. And today I'm going to be talking about the new Durham report. This is uh, this is the big breaking news recently. There's There's been a lot of breaking news recently. It's per been pretty insane, actually. Uh, I've been really busy staying up super late at night uh, to the point where I probably look a little bit uh, haggard. I do apologize for that. But man, everything seems to be happening all at once, as is typical. Uh, but I've, I've got a friend, and he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show before, and he is what we call... Oh, I got to turn up my audio, apparently. Uh, you guys, let me know if the audio is okay. This is always seems to be a problem with my uh, live streams. The audio is never good. So let me know what you think. Uh, so I have a friend. He's former FBI. He's currently a political candidate for public office. And I, I'm going up against Tim Pool. I guess I am. I didn't realize he pod, he does a live stream at this time. I that's okay. We'll we'll live. We'll compete with Tim Pool today. Uh, because you know what the Durham report. This is a very important thing. I did a video about it. I did a video about it about Rachel Maddow's reaction to the Durham report, and uh, ten by ten. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and the left obviously is treating this as if it's nothing. Uh, Republicans, I think, are taking a more measured approach to this, a genuinely measured approach, because we're a little bit disappointed. Uh, okay, heck, I'm just going to say it. We're a lot disappointed, right? Why are we disappointed? There are no arrests. There haven't been any arrests, right? Uh, but there is a little bit of new information. For instance, I did not know that Barack Obama had been briefed about Hillary Clinton's plan to try to frame 
Donald Trump. I didn't know that. I was unaware of that. So, uh, you know, frame Donald Trump as, you know, having colluded with Russia. That was the plan. Barry Soretto, or whatever his name is, he knew about all of this. Is it Soretto or Sotero? I forget how, how, what his last name is. Anyway, point is, there is a little bit of new information here. And also, kind of important, it validated everything that we've been saying for a long time. What's really weird about the validation of conservative ideas and the kind of stuff that we've been talking about for a long time here. Uh, people are saying, hi, hi, everybody. Uh, uh, the, 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 kind of the validation is it seems to be sticking a little bit with CNN and leftists. Uh, not a lot, not a ton. Somebody like Rachel Maddow still says, okay, there's nothing here. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Stop looking behind the curtain, guys. Uh, but Jake Tapper actually came out and said, this makes the FBI look terrible and exonerates Donald Trump which I thought that was actually very powerful to hear that from somebody like Jake Tapper. But uh, I've given you my explanation. I mean, look, this is, this is the bottom line. I'm disappointed that there, there aren't any real arrests. But I think it's difficult. I was listening to uh, Jesse Waters the other day. No, I tried not to listen to The Five, but occasionally I catch something. You know, they, fi- they fired Tucker Carlson. I thought that was miserable. But Jesse Waters had a really good point. He said, I think at this point, if they were going to make arrests, they'd have to arrest like the entire Democrat Party. And I thought that was pretty funny because that's what it looks like at this point. It's such a vast uh, mesh of people who were involved in this sort of thing. Like, what do you do with that many people that were corrupt on this kind of a level, right? People are always saying, you know, Trump's worse than Nixon. What he did was worse than Watergate, right? That's like the big thing. And the hilarious thing or the ironic thing is not really that funny because it's so messed up. But the rotten thing is that what the FBI did here, conspiring with the Clinton campaign to try to derail a political opponent, derail Republicans, derail Donald Trump, that is worse than Watergate. That's literally worse than Watergate because what you're looking at is a kind of the same strategy, Right, derail a political opponent when they're trying to run for political office, and 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 do so in this sort of criminal way, do so in this planned criminal way, but conspiring between the FBI and another political campaign. This was so huge; there were so many players involved at such a high level. I don't know how you could not see it as worse than Watergate because it's so directly comparable. Unwoke Thoughts uh, sent out a super chat. Thank you, Unwoke Thoughts. And they've written, yo, Mr. Reagan, my man. Glad you're finally doing live streams. Love your stuff. One of these days when I have a little bit more clout, we might have to do one together. God bless, man. Okay, Unwoke Thoughts. Yeah, that's that's cool. I've been thinking about doing a live stream with other people. So this isn't normally going to be something, hopefully, as I get going, this isn't going to be something where it's just me. My hope is that I have other people sort of consistently on the show, but I haven't set that up yet. But that's the idea. Now, for our first uh, episode of this Mr. Reagan live stream, I've decided to bring in somebody who is an expert at all of this. <clears throat> He's somebody that you guys might be a bit afraid of because we are all uh, uh, kind of terrified of the FBI at this point, right? Uh, he is a former FBI agent. So he knows about all this. But back in his day, 
The FBI was neutral. They were not political. They were not trying to derail political campaigns. So he doesn't like the FBI today in the same way we don't like the FBI today. Maybe he, he likes them even less. I don't know. And he's got certain plans for how you deal with a corrupt agency. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on the show. I don't know how he wants me to refer to him. Former FBI. I don't know. I don't know if I should out him and uh, and give you guys his real name. But let's uh, let's bring him onto the stream. Hello, hey, Chris. my secret how FBI you? informant. <laughs> I'm not so secret. I'm, I'm running for a public office, and uh, right. well, thanks That's for having right. me. On the show good to see you again. Uh, I, I've seen. Why don't you, twice you tell now. everybody what the public office that you're running for is, just in case they're in the area? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by the way, I, before I, I get started here, I have a couple of people. Um, uh, that are writing. I know this is a new platform uh, for you, and I think some people are having a hard time getting a hold of it. The live stream. So it's Mr. Le Reagan live stream. Um, and can they get this on YouTube or is this uh, straight on Facebook? I think I'm streaming on YouTube. I may also be streaming on Twitter. I'm not 100% sure. I have it set up for that. Um, I haven't set it up for Facebook as far as I know, but uh, definitely Facebook is the place to get it. Okay. Um, so get it on Facebook. Well, good. And uh, so, welcome. I mean, I'm glad to be a part of this this um, platform. And I understand this is the first time you're doing it in this platform, so it's pretty exciting. Oh, you know what? I've just figured out. So, because I I don't really, I'm using a new system, but I think I can show. Yes, I can. Andrea Voila or Viola. Sorry, not Voila. <laughs> Andrea Viola writes, Mr. Reagan. Uh, GTSU. I don't know what GTSU means. Um, she writes, uh, this is the second coup Democrats have committed. The first was Pelosi going to the military, asking them to remove Trump. I, I remember that. That was a pretty intense thing. That was pretty crazy that they that she did that. Uh, there was like a secret meeting. Like, how do we get rid of Trump kind of situation? Uh, I, I think it was if he wouldn't leave office, if he was not elected or, or you know, if he was uh, if he lost the 2020 election. But uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, so why don't you tell us, just give us a brief summary. Uh, oh, again, again, tell us where you're running and what office you're running for. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in the suburbs of uh, Northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C., if you, if you know the area. I'm running for the Virginia State Senate in the 33rd District, which is Northern Virginia, like the West Springfield, Burke area, all the way down the I-95 corridor down to about Dumfries. And... Um, so if you want me to kind of start off with uh, what we're talking about, and uh, by the way, if you want to check out my campaign site and help us out, it is Van Meter for Virginia. That's V-A-N-M-E-T-E-R. It's spelled out F-O-R, Virginia, and then .com. And so back up a little bit. Uh, I know, Chris, you and I uh, spoke a little bit back at CPAC. I believe that was 2019, I think. And I was still an FBI agent, retired after 21 years and you and I spoke there, and, and just a little bit more about my background. I started out life as a, a naval officer. I was a, a helicopter pilot for eight years. Then I was a Washington D.C. police officer for a little while, and then was hired by the FBI in ni 19. Well, hired in 98, but started in 99, and then retired a little after 21 years. And now, now when we think of military mm -hmm. and we think of police, mm -hmm. what we want to believe in America is that the people who are going into those fields have a sense of duty and honor oh, yeah. and actually want to do something right for the world. Was that 
you know, was that what your thought was when you were in that field? And what do you think that the culture was at the time? Do you think that was a typical view for people in those fields? Oh, yeah. Um, it, you're absolutely correct. I mean, if you think about the professions that I've been in, and by the way, after I retired, I went back to school, got another master's degree in, uh, in counseling, and I work as a drug and alcohol counselor now at a, at a hospital. That's why I'm still in a suit. I just came back from the hospital. And um, so my whole life has been, I, I've done nothing but serve uh, th this nation in one form or another. And I would say that when I went into the FBI and, and also all the other agencies that I was in, but I know we're going to talk about the FBI here tonight, that when I went into the FBI in 1999, um, when Louis Free was director, um, so that's pre-Muller, it was a different organization. And I would, I would say that everybody that I worked with at that time um, was very similar to, to me as far as background was concerned. In fact, a lot of military people and, and police officers, that was, seemed to be the flavor of the week at the time. And that's we were all about service. That's what it was all about. And, we'll, and I'm sure we'll get into uh, the things I noticed that that changed changed over time. And and it really does. And and myself and the you know other agents that went into the FBI around my time period will all tell you that the organization today does not resemble in any way, shape, or form the organization that I joined back in 1999. By the way, um, as you know, Chris, I have my own podcast called The Mike Van Meter Show. And if you go back to the early episodes of the podcast, you will hear me talking about what, in my opinion, from my perch, my view, what happened to the FBI, how it happened. And then I'll, I'll, I also interview a number of other retired agents that will put their two cents in, but uh, we're all pretty much yeah, in agreement. I've actually listened to a few of those episodes. They're excellent. It's kind of a... It's kind of a, a very, very in the weeds, sort of very in-depth kind of like yep. look at uh, what, what goes on with the FBI. And you tell these little anecdotes about different moments where you realize like, okay, this, the FBI is going in a weird direction here. Yep. <laughs> so where it was yep. going, we, you didn't probably have woke, the term woke at the time. Never heard. Of, I, I had never heard that term before. But yeah. that's the way that it was going. From yeah. No, I mean, that woke was... It wasn't a term. And by the way, and just I won't even say that it was a conservative organization that became woke and became left wing. You have to understand that in my day in the military and when I went into the FBI, you didn't talk about politics. And I want to tell you some stories about that, too, as we go along, if we have time for it. Um, th th I did not know the political affiliation of the vast majority of people, unless I was very, very close to you. I didn't even know what your political affiliation was. And that's the way that it should be. You know, we, you know, when you're a, a criminal investigator, like we were, um, we are apolitical. We, we do investigations. We go to where the evidence leads us. And I used to, when I taught later, uh, I was taught at the FBI Academy for seven years. And I used to tell the new agents when I was there that, um, you know, we go where the evidence takes us. And if the evidence leads to my mother committed the crime, then I will be the first one to arrest my mother. And if you can't do that, then you're in the wrong job because we are apolitical. Uh, we are criminal investigators. We're referees. We, we call balls right. and strikes and we don't tip the scale either way. That has changed. That And, and for those that I remember when when myself and my colleagues were talking about 
what happened to the FBI. And uh, and again, that was, I want to say three years ago, we, we, we did those episodes. I can't remember. It, it was at least three years ago we did those episodes. And there were a lot of people, people that were even close to me, even family members that tried to characterize what we were saying as conspiracy theories, that we were making it up. It wasn't true. They couldn't believe that it was true. They couldn't believe that there was that kind of corruption. And uh, one of the reasons why we talked about what we talked about was to demonstrate to people that, you know, we were there. I mean, you, you, you can say whatever you want, okay? Right, you can right, say that right. we don't know what we're talking about. I was there. You were not. And, right. and we called it out then. We called it out then. And when the Durham report came out this week, it proved every single yeah. thing to be true. Every single well, thing to be true. Here's, here's what I think is fascinating about that Durham report. It's kind of boring to a lot of us who knew. Yeah. Uh, people are saying my volume's low, so I turn it up slightly. Hopefully, it's okay. Uh, some people say it's fine. Some people say it's too quiet. So I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've messed with it a little bit. We'll see how it. Yeah, hopefully, you can out. hear but, me okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're coming in real loud. That's why they're saying my volume's too low. Yeah. Uh, the, but the weird thing about the Durham report is that <clears throat> most of us have heard just about everything already. So it's a little bit of a disappointment in that we're not getting a ton of new information. We're not sort of nailing certain people to the wall. Mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be people going to prison. I think we all yep. believe that people need yep. to go to, I believe to that. prison. Absolutely. Yep. But, but you know, we're getting this sort of like same thing as the Mueller report kind of situation where they're like, <clears> yeah, all this. The only, like I said at the top of the show, the only thing that we're getting out of this that seems to be at, of any significance whatsoever is that Jake Tapper and people at CNN and some people on the left are finally coming around and going, actually, maybe, maybe Trump was right. Maybe there was this scheme to go after Donald maybe. Trump. Maybe they did spy on <laughs> his campaign. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's very hard to get uh, any kind of leftist in the media to tell the truth about this, but they seem to maybe be coming around a little bit. So we'll see if this if this turns into something where this becomes like official history or if this is always going to be something that's contentious between the left and the right. I made a video about Rachel Maddow where she just yeah. essentially dismissed the, the Durham. I think you've probably seen that video. <clears throat> But, well, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. And I know your good friend, uh, Sebastian Gorka, and I, um, we had a conversation backstage at, at CPAC. Mm-hmm. And let me let me just formulate my thoughts here and so I can articulate this um, in, a, in a logical way. What was missing in over the, these past three or four years was people like myself and others. You're starting to see whistleblowers come out now. But there were many, many people that were not speaking out and not saying things. I, I may be. You mean in the, the FBI? In the FBI, right. And of yeah. course, I couldn't say anything until after I retired. And then, you know, I went and I, I talked about it on my podcast. But, you know, I don't, I don't have an audi- a vast audience like you do. So not a, people, a lot of, not a lot of people were listening to it. I think a lot of people are going to listen to it now. Um, you go back and, and you listen to the, like you had said, it, we got into the weeds and we got into the granular nature of what happened. But it's important for people to understand the granular nature because any administration that, any administration that is going to fix that organization will need to understand the granularity that, that we talked about. And, and one of the things, and God bless Donald Trump for firing James Comey, and we'll talk about him. God bless him. But what he didn't understand, and it was because he did not have people around him like myself and under the organization, 
how they 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 could clean it up. They didn't. There's a there's a very unique culture in the FBI, and unless you understand it, and this is a warning to any other administration that's going to come from here on out. Until you surround yourself with people that understand that culture, and I do not mean senior executive service people. I mean people that were more at the the ground agent level, non political people. Until you surround yourself with those people, you will never clean that organization out. And I'll be able to explain that to you, but. Your friend um, Sebastian Gorka and I had a conversation in the back, and he said something to me that was that was interesting, and I and I think it's people don't understand. He says to me, "Are you meaning to tell me that there were people like you, Mike, that um, were in the organization and they knew there was corruption going on? Why didn't they do anything about it? Why didn't they right. say anything about right. it?" And 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 again, um, you know, he like others don't understand how nasty people can be in the organization. And if you rear your head, it is cut off. If you do not believe that people in the FBI will crush you, you've seen it. You've seen the evidence of it. And people know that. And you're talking about people that by the time you become an FBI agent, you're probably in your 30s, right? I was in my early 30s. You've got a whole career to protect. You've got a career. You got kids, and, and, you got a mortgage, you, you you got you got all this stuff. And, and people and you, are conditioned at that point. People yeah, have been well, it's more than that. It, it is really just you're thinking, OK, you're mid-career. You've got to make it to your retirement and you can stand up. I mean, people can say they're going to stand on their principles all they want. But unless you've been in their shoes and you know that you will be crushed, you know it. You keep your mouth closed because mm. there's a long history in the FBI of that happening. And I saw it over and over and over again. And I was explaining that to Sebastian. And, um, and you know, I think he was a bit shocked when I said that to him. But I said, but, you know, until you're it, it is easy to stand on the outside and look in and say, this is what they should do. That That's what they should do. It, the changes aren't going to come from the agents and the analysts that are inside. It has and to also, be a political. Well, also, I, I would say that, like some sometimes when you're in an organization and you feel like there's something a bit wrong here, like this is true in Hollywood, I would say, uh, big time where people are maybe a bit conservative or they see that the left is doing something a bit wrong in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but they're, excuse me, but they're not sure what the entire, the, the extent of it is. They're not sure how evil is this? How bad is this? Like how, how vicious is this for society? If I stand up and get my head cut off, is it worth it? Is this little thing that I've right. seen that I want to take out and I want to expose and all that kind of stuff. Is it worth it for me to destroy my career for this small thing? So if you have people who don't really have the big picture, they just have a little bit of corruption here or there, something bad, it's not worth it to them in their mind. Right. Uh, you know, when we, when we say people knew things, we don't necessarily mean they knew everything. Uh, James Kingsley, uh, qpatriot.org, sent me 10 bucks. Thank you, James Kingsley. That's very good of you. Sent you 10 bucks? Yeah. People send me money sometimes. It's this is how live streams work. Chris, people are sending you money. Right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I don't. I, I have no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worth it, guys. Don't even. Hey, but no. You, and you raise a good. You raise a good point. And and you have to remember too that I mean, just let this play out in in real life. I know you're a married guy. I'm a married guy. And and you come home and you're, you're telling your wife who left her career. Right? She left her career. Mm-hmm. You got two kids. You got a mortgage and all that. And you say, honey. Um, Listen, there's some corruption in the FBI, and on principle, I'm going to stand up, and and we're going and, and I'm going to fix this, and, yeah. and I'm going to stand up in principle. <laughs> and and your wife looks at you and says, "Uh, that's not happening." 
Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You see those two kids, you see this house. I left my career to follow you. And by the way, that that person right there um, is a political appointee. Because a lot of people don't realize that the FBI director is a political appointee. He's not an agent. James Comey was not an FBI agent. And they will be gone in three or four years. So you just sit tight, cowboy, and you work it out until retirement. And those are the reality. Those are the realities behind it. Okay, mm-hmm. but what it comes down to is those that uh, are now not in the organization. And I cannot say this enough, Chris, the next administration needs to be surrounded by people that have a vested interest in the organization, uh, because for those of that are, that are watching your show right now, I not want just you a vested interest, but a, 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 a great knowledge a of great the knowledge. people in it and how yeah. to suss out who is deep state and who's like a legitimate absolutely because you know who the most offended people are about what's happened to the fbi do you know who chris do you know who the most the people that are the most upset about this let me guess former fbi former fbi agents that's (laughs) my generation of fbi agents because let me tell you something chris i'm running for the virginia state senate right now and when i when i became an fbi agent when i became an agent it was the biggest honor of my life and anywhere i went Anywhere I went, if I told someone I was an FBI agent, it was like you were a celebrity. It was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. we've never, it was a, people were impressed. Now, in the 80s in particular, there was a lot of movies. In the 90s, there was a lot of movies like TV shows. The FBI is cool, guys. If you're an FBI agent, you're a cool dude. Now, today, I'm running for office and I have people, I have people in my political world right now that are telling me, hey, Mike, when you go out on the campaign trail, don't talk about it. You having been an FBI agent, is hurting you as a candidate. And when I became an agent, that the thought that telling people I was an agent would hurt me was a foreign, I had never imagined that. But that is the legacy of James Comey. Yeah, that is the yeah, legacy of crazy. Robert Mueller. That's the, well, what, what is your, we're, okay, we're upset let, about it. Let me just say, I got a friend named Chris Schlufer on the, on the, on the like watching. He's a, a buddy of my little brother out in Salem, Oregon. So it's kind of fun to see him on there. He says, Chris Coles, that's me. Chris Coles is the deep state of the deep state. <laughs> He's messing around. But hey, uh, why don't you just give us your quick first impression, just your overview of what your thoughts are on the Durham report specifically? Does this change anything? Is this profound? Did we, like I said, we learned a little bit about Obama finding out about this early on. So that's kind of a little bit of new information. I didn't feel like it was a hugely uh, like a huge bombshell. It does validate a lot of what we were saying. Yeah. What's your take? Okay, so my take on it is like you. It, it confirmed. I, I didn't actually need the Durham report to mm-hmm. come to those conclusions. I, I knew that a long time ago. Oh, well, we all suspected yeah. that that Obama had been briefed and he knew yeah. all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. this is kind of a confirmation and, of and, like and Biden not just what we knew, but what we suspected as well. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, it is not going to do anything right now. Because of the, the, the way that the, the Congress is set up right now with um, the Democrats in control of one house and the Republicans, you know, anything that the Republicans wanted to let's say they, they impeached Biden today, the Senate's going to shut it down. So but what it will do is for the next administration, whoever that may be, and let's just stick, stick with Trump, because I think this is the biggest thing that comes out of this report. If you're Donald Trump and, and you're part of Trump's team, you now have a baseball bat to work with, okay? You have a baseball bat to work with. Now, I say that that's also true for, let's say it's DeSantis and we'll see what happens. Whoever the Republican nominee is, it's going to be a baseball bat for them to wield. 
it will also be a tremendous instrument for an administration that is serious about making changes over in the DOJ, over at the CIA, and particularly in the FBI. But by the way, it wasn't just the FBI that was involved, and we found that out in the report too. How, how so, critical is it that we have the House and Senate as well, though? Or is it it's just critical? Just, it's it's okay. Without in this next election, without all three branches. Mm-hmm. House and the Senate and the presidency, nothing is going to happen. And by the way, well, that's not all three branches, but that's that's two full branches. Well, it, it's well, I, I'm, you know, bodies, the, right? The you, need bodies. All, you need all three of those. Because if, uh, yeah. if you move in the House and the Senate rejects it, or vice versa, or if the president vetoes anything the other two do, then then you're you're kind of screwed, and you're not going to get anything done. But that's assuming that you get an administration that does what I just said, and that is a is serious about making changes, and b without the people around you that can walk in and say, Mr. President, this is where your problem is. Yeah, That yeah. person is your problem. This system, because if you go back and you listen to the early podcasts that I did, well, well, it you, starts well, with yeah, the you, 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 so yeah. you were saying this years ago, and I will say, mm-hmm. and I want to thank Pat Cummings for the $10. Thank you, Pat Cummings. Um, you were saying this years ago, and I remember this was kind of the, the first time I thought about who could actually point to those people. Right. Because you could do it. You were like, I'm the I kind think, of person yeah. that can do it. It doesn't have to be me, but somebody like me who's former FBI, yeah. who worked in that building, who knows all the people there, and they can tell you. And I yeah. loved that. I really thought that was uh, that was smart because you, you I, I don't know, you get this sense of hopelessness sometimes. It's like, are they all corrupt? Like, who can, who can point fingers? Who can guide somebody like Donald Trump? You could do it. Former FBI who yeah. are honest and who are patriotic. And, you know, they, they say you can't like it's illegal or whatever to hire just Republicans or to ask somebody what their political affiliation is and hire on that basis. I don't know. Maybe we should change that law. I think you, I think maybe you should no, well, be able not, to. Well, hold on now. Hold on now. Fire. Hold on now. There's all kinds of positions that are politically, sure. political appointees. And, and to have special assistance, that's not illegal at all. Um, okay. You know, okay. But James Comey was not hired. Because of his law enforcement experience, he was hired right. because he was a political person, and, right. and that's true right. of all the heads of all the agencies down the street here. Mm-hmm. All of mm-hmm. them. Well, yeah, Democrats don't players. actually play by the rules, but no. Republicans do, and that makes it that puts us at a disadvantage, or at least maybe not Republicans, but conservatives who are true patriots as opposed to deep state operators. Right. But, but Chris, let me tell you something: it needs to change because this is mm-hmm. this is what the Durham report did. Um, and I'm, I'm very disappointed that there were no, no indictments because there absolutely sh- should be. And I could go on for hours explaining how and why that is. But here, here's, here's what it, it did demonstrate. And, it, and all of you, all of your listeners that are listening to this podcast or this, this stream right now, you need to understand what I'm about to say. What was clear is that there, were, there was no evidence of any crime being committed. Zero evidence of a crime being committed. But yet... You had years of FBI agents and an FBI director and an attorney general that were going into federal court swearing to affidavits stating that there were. And they knew that there was no crime and they knew what they were saying was not true. And people's lives were destroyed as a result. That cannot, Chris, listen to me, that cannot be allowed to go on. Uh, actually, at the top of the show, suffer. I... At the show, I was intent. I forgot to say this. I was going to kind of ridicule the FBI because their response to this whole thing, to the Durham report, the response to the Durham report, which basically validates everything we've said or, you know, we've been saying for a couple of years now is, oops, we made a boo boo. We saw we we won't do it again. 
you know, oopsie daisy. It wasn't actually a mistake, but they pretend that it was a... Yeah, it was intentional. They pretend that it was a mistake. Oh, if we'd only had these safeguards in place, that this wouldn't have happened. Uh, We put those safeguards in place. What safeguards are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? It's it's such a smokescreen, right? It's it's such a, uh, what they call gaslighting, the American Mm -hmm. public. And the funny thing, so conservatives, none of us believe that, of course. We're just all like rolling our eyes at it. But leftists will believe it. The, le- the leftist mainstream media will go, well, that was during the Comey years. That's not really, there's nobody in there like that anymore. Well, they're still going after the January 6th protesters. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, okay, so let's pretend that, you know, let, let's say, okay, 2020 was a perfect election. There was no fraud. What are you guys talking about? The FBI, you know, we say that there's people who are biased in the FBI against conservatives, but that's necessary because you can't have January 6th protesters just walking through the halls of the Capitol casually protesting, you know, an election. You know, we need them to fall in line and everybody to obey, right? That seems to be the way the left is thinking. Like, if they're not voting like us, then we have every right to be authoritarian against them. It's the most it's the most sort of like bizarre thing I've ever seen the American mm-hmm. people just accept. What's weird is, you know, in the 60s, the left was the party of, oh, we need to be able to fight the man and, you know, go against the system and like stand up against, you know, tyrannical governments and stuff like that. And the left has all, all these hippies from the 60s have now gone like, why aren't you people falling in line and, you know, goose stepping with the rest of us? Why aren't you doing exactly as you're told? You know, become an become a uh, an automaton NPC like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. It's it's bizarre how that's happened, and I feel like this happens with conservatives all the time. Where we're say like, you know, we were the abolitionists back in the day, right? Republicans were the abolitionists back in the day, and we said, you know, this is this is wrong. It's wrong to have slaves. It's wrong to be, you know, racist. It's wrong to have all these things. And then we get to a point where we fix that problem, mm-hmm. and then the left goes. Uh, uh, actually, it's not just wrong; it's really wrong. And we're now we're now going to stand up for this value. We're like, we just fixed that though, and they're like, nope, nope. Now we're we, they go like way overboard to the point where they get corrupted. And this is kind of what it's like. I feel like in the '80s, the Republicans were the party of law and order and and uh, you know playing by the rules. And now the left is like, oh, you know you've got to play by the rules and we're going to set the rules and you have to follow it exactly by the law. And if you, you know, exactly by the letter. And if you don't, we're going to throw the book at you. And they've become this sort of like law and order party, but only for political crimes and only for, you know, only if you disagree with them, really. But they've become like super hardcore. Like they will, they're trying to put Trump in prison. (laughs) I mean, it's like the left goes just crazy with everything. They're just they're just con artists. Everybody, everybody on the left in in Washington, I feel like is a con artist and they're all just trying to get rich and stay in power. That's that's how it seems to me. Well, here's here's my question. Where are the Republicans in this? Yeah. What, why, what, oh, why yeah. I mean, that's a great question. You know, the Republic, the elected Republicans. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, seriously, mm-hmm. I, I'm running for a state office. And I'm I'm talking to you about this right now. This isn't even a state issue, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. and I'm upset about it. I mean, mm-hmm. th- this is something that Republicans should be shouting about every single day from the the rooftops. 
Well, you hear and a few Republicans, elected officials talking about it, but you don't see any Jim action. Jordan's, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Jim Jordan, uh, Merger Taylor Green, or whatnot. But you don't see a ton of action. You don't no. see. Thank you, Kenny Sherrill, for the twenty dollars. Thank you, Kenny. Um, but uh, I don't see a ton of actual action. I think people have been very, very disappointed in the Durham report because we just didn't see accountability. That's you exactly see exposure, right. and a lot of people are saying, "Well, exposure is the first step." Right, but we don't want to be on step one after a years-long investigation of millions and millions of dollars spent. We want to see heads roll figuratively. Don't demonetize me for <laughs> advocating murder, you know. No. Well, it, it should shock anyone, you know, because I, I want to remind people of some of the things that happened during that that is just un, unbelievable. For example, mm-hmm. um I actually met this young man back in 2019, a man named Carter Page. Do you remember his name? Carter Page. Okay. Uh, for those that don't remember, Carter Page was a businessman, Naval Academy graduate, as a matter of fact. So he was a naval officer and um, he, he, in the energy business. And so he was traveling to, as part of his business, traveling to Russia, which is not illegal to do, doing business. But he was also a volunteer in the Trump campaign. Now, there's no evidence that he and Donald Trump have ever met one another, but he was working on on the campaign. So he goes back and forth. And at some point, um, the FBI says this guy uh, it, to, to help support this idea that Trump is colluding with the Russians. He's under surveillance and, and he was uh, he was up on a FISA uh, warrant. And, um, and and for the, the people that, that don't understand what that that is, that means that they're up on any of electronics. They're doing physical surveillance. They're monitoring everything with this guy. It's a big authority. And you go into, into a secret court, it's called a FISA court, and they, they renewed it four times. So four times, this uh, agents went in, testified. Because it's illegal to spy on Americans. Uh, you right. can't through, you, you specifically can get through this. FISA but you have, to, you have to go in and convince a judge that you have. Um, but the, I think, um, I think they've never do. denied anything, right? Isn't that right? Huh? Like the FISA court hadn't ever really denied the FBI um, any. Like 0.1% of, yeah, but it, it's, it's really easy. It's not like a criminal standard. And, I, and I, I'm going to address that here in a second, too. But anyway, they go in four times. Now, what had happened was at some point, Carter Page realizes he's being investigated. And he, go, he, he approaches the FBI and says, hey, look, here's what you need to understand. I'm working for the agency, okay? I'm an informant for the agency. You need to talk to them. You have me, under, and so long story short, um, there, there's an FBI attorney named uh, Kleinsmith. You, you, you can look this up, it's, it's out online. And uh, Kleinsmith reaches out to the CIA and the CIA sends an email confirming that Carter Page is in fact uh, a source for them. What Kleinsmith did, knowing that this this is what's known as exculpatory information, exculpatory information, and you're obligated, you're sworn to anytime there's exculpatory information, meaning you have evidence that the person you're looking at actually did not commit the crime that you're investigating them for, you're under absolute oath obligation to go immediately go back to the court that issued the FISA and let them know that you have exculpatory information. But what Kleinsmith did was the exact opposite. He actually changed the email to say that Carter Page was not a source when the email said that he was a source and then went in, used that information and got another FISA warrant. That's the what problem, we're The problem about. with the Kleinsmith situation 
was that, uh, and I want to thank Eric Wade. He says, the, my first vote was for Ronald Reagan. Please consider using the Super Chat to enjoy his favorite cocktail, Orange Blossom Special Made with Vodka. Love your work, Chris. Well, thank you, Eric Wade. I didn't <laughs> know that. I don't really drink, but if I, next time I have a drink, I'm going to order that, actually. That's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people think Kevin Kleinsmith, and me included, and this is mostly speculation, but, I mean, come on, it's pretty obviously true, that, you know, Kevin Kleinsmith did not act independently right he did no. he didn't go ahead and and you know doctor that document the way rachel maddow posed it is like she, he made a mistake on a form he made a mistake no he did not make a mistake first of all he got a slap on the wrist he got like community service which i don't think he's probably even actually doing uh he like th there was no real consequence for what he did but he was a kind of, uh, what, what would you call it, like a scapegoat. He was a scapegoat, right? They used this guy. They said, hey, we're going to help you out. You're just going to have to take the fall. You're going to be our fall guy. Uh, you're going to be our scapegoat. We're going to use you so that the rest of us can get away with it. And he went along with that. And that's, that's the only person who's really been targeted as, as ha having done any corrupt. We know that he well, was told I got, to I got do this. For, so I got told news for to Rachel Maddow. Uh, and yeah. by the way, Rachel Maddow, you can invite me on your, if she still has a show, you can invite me on your show and I can explain to you how this stuff works. Uh, that was not a mistake. There is so much right. oversight over, over these things. It was not a mistake. Uh, and these warrants, when they do, before, you know, before these warrants go over and writing, there is, there is a, the whole tier of people that review these forms and check and double check and there's source reviewers and, and all kinds of things. So Rachel Maddow, if you'd like to have me on your show, have me on your show and I'll, I'll explain to you the process. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Okay. I, that's Please never going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, okay. So you, your position is we need to get this cancer out. A lot of people are saying, and I've asked you this before, but we'll go over it again. We should just dismantle the FBI, just get rid of it, maybe start up a new organization that essentially does the same thing, because the FBI is supposed to stop federal crimes. That's an important job that the FBI is supposed to do. But a lot of the FBI is caught up in this political crap, and mm -hmm. they're not doing it. Joshua Napoli gave me two bucks. He says, D.C. juries aren't going to do what's sane or right. And that's a very good point. And, and people have pointed this out. That maybe the reason that Durham hasn't charged anyone is he knows that they'll get off scot-free. There's been a couple of people who were charged and they did get off. And it's like, well, you know, you know, there's a lot of uh, a double entendres. Durham's not in D.C., though. I believe he's in Connecticut. Oh, oh OK. OK. But I think yeah. the charges that he would level would be we tried in D.C., probably many of them. Mm. You, you got to avoid terms when we're talking here like uh, got off, fingered. There's a lot of double entendres in this whole situation that I've been desperately trying not to use, but, mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately you're supposed to laugh at that. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Jeb Bush, please clap. <laughs> but anyway, I was trying to try to make a joke there. There we go. Hey, you know, so addressing this issue of disbanding the FBI and I, again, I want to, I want to explain to the, cause many people in the audience may not understand this, Many people uh -huh. in the administration may not understand this, and that's why we need people that are there that understand it. The FBI is a unique organization in that, you know, you think of us as being federal police, and we are, but hold on, there's a bit more to that. 
you know, when you're a police officer, you're investigating crimes. When you're an FBI agent, the FBI actually investigates well over 700 different violations. And there's two main, there's actually three, but but two big branches. And that's the criminal branch, which is broken up into counterterrorism and then true criminal and then counterintelligence. Okay, now why is that important, an important distinction? Because they're very different things. The FBI um, investigates um, uh, spies, within the United States. The the CIA yep. investigates spies overseas. It's a very, very different thing. Now, typically in the FBI, the counterintelligence world and the criminal world don't touch because mm -hmm. there, there's very mm -hmm. diff different standards. When you're working criminal cases, you're like a police officer. You know, everything that you do is based on the Constitution, First Amendment, sec, you know, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment uh, rights, search and seizure, all that kind of stuff. All those rules applied when you're a criminal agent. And what that means, now none of that applies when you're a counterintelligence agent. So as a criminal agent, um, the way this works is there's a crime. There's an allegation of a crime. And then mm -hmm. what you do is you investigate the allegation of the crime and you, you develop evidence to charge that person for committing that crime, if you follow me. In the counterintelligence, they don't need world, a crime. They just have to suspect right. you. Well, what they, well here's, here's the difference. On the counterintelligence side, um, your, your intent is not to arrest people. And by the way, mm -hmm. most of the people you're looking at are not U.S. citizens anyway, so the, the Constitution doesn't apply to them. Right, right. So it's what happens intelligence is gathering. You're, you're gathering intelligence, and what you, what you do is you're, you're looking at spies. You're, you're, you're gathering intel um, for intel purposes. And, and the way that they operate is very different. It will be, well, you know, um, that guy right there, Chris Coles. <laughs> yeah is the kind of guy that would do yes. that. So let's follow Chris around. Well, did well, Chris quick, do quick anything? Question, no, but question. Chris looks like, look at him, he's in a black leather yeah. jacket. A yeah. guy like him would do, that's what they do. Now, here's what happened in this case. Is, I've definitely been colluding with Russians. Well, well, but, but what quick, they did but real go, quick, Chris, Real quick, do you think yeah. that this is something where yeah. they could, you could create two organizations? Because why is this take like because these yeah. are such different, th okay, so you agree yeah. with that. Yeah, because okay. what happened was, what, what happened in this case though, was all the agents, Peter Strzok, Andy McCabe, all these guys, they were counterintelligence agents. But what they did was they took that and brought it into the criminal realm. And so they were saying things like, well, Carter Page is a businessman and he's going to Russia. He's volunteering on the Trump campaign. So a guy like that, it, you see, and they started making these suppositions as opposed mm -hmm. to develop. And when the evidence didn't match what they were supposing, then they tried to make the evidence match. That is very dangerous. And so we need to move that out and then and have uh, an FBI that investigates uh, federal crimes and then mm -hmm. an organization, whether you just move everybody out and put them into an existing organization or create another organization. So that was your proposal. And, and I was uh, and I jumped the gun there on that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying I did. I, I, I. Yeah. Uh, I stepped on your your conclusion there, kind of. But but um, a guy a guy like Peter Strzok um, never never set foot in a criminal courtroom. Um, mm -hmm. He wouldn't know if if he was working with me in a squad. He wouldn't know how to put a criminal case together. Um, he, right. He, because what's by, happening? By the way, is, why was he yeah. running a, a? I never saw until this happened. I never and I don't know an agent. Bring an agent on that will tell you that a deputy assistant director, which is what he was, was working a case. The people that work cases are FBI agents in the field, right? Mm -hmm. In the field. Mm -hmm. 
And and when I was a, when I was working cases, I dealt with my next level supervisor. Rarely, if ever, did I go uh-huh. one. So that's kind of a red that. flag already that he was even yeah. involved. So right. okay, so I feel like what you're saying is this conflation of this uh, espionage or counter espionage aspect of the FBI and the criminal uh, investigation aspect of the FBI. When you conflate those two, I think what you're saying is you you can end up with something very similar to the KGB. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's kind of what we got here, yep. where, where they're abusing their power because they've got too much. And and here's another question for you. How, what do you think of all this? Um, whenever they because, you know, they're supposed to be held accountable with the I think the House of Representatives, right? The House does this oversight of the FBI. But whenever they're asked anything literally anything they're just like we can't comment on ongoing investigations what do you think of this ongoing investigations excuse for not ever being held accountable for anything uh, especially january 6th mm-hmm. uh you know what was funny to me was they exposed themselves accidentally right so they said mm-hmm. they said you know did you have agents out there on january 6th uh, agitating the crowd and they said we can't comment on ongoing investigations or whatever it was you know so or we can't reveal sources and methods or something well if you didn't have anybody there you wouldn't be revealing any sources and methods would you so you've got you, it's actually two things right so it's we can't comment on ongoing investigations and we can't reveal sources and methods mm-hmm. and i feel like both of these things are abused massively yep, yep. how can you not tell the people that are supposed to hold you accountable legally the 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 uh the house representatives these people th- that's their whole job right i mean i mean they've got a lot of jobs the house representatives but a massive part of their job is holding these people accountable and they can just hide behind this ongoing investigation thing they can hide behind sources and methods constantly what's your take on all that here's my take on it if i were in congress this is how the conversation would go Number one, um, we're going to go into a closed-door session right now, yeah. and we're going to do it. And I'm going to explain to Mr. Ray, the FBI director, I'm going to explain, I'm going to educate you on something. Congress created the FBI, not the yeah. other way around. Yeah. Congress created the FBI. And here's the thing. We want answers to this. You've had that laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop, for four years, and this has had a significant impact on the the United States. And And apparently, you don't understand that you answer to us the other way around and your budget comes from us. So until mm. you answer our questions, which is our lawful duty and we created uncreated, but until the, we're until you speak up, you can do it behind closed doors. We can do it, but you're going to answer yeah. and, and, and stop with this. We can't comment on an ongoing investigations. You had no problem commenting on uh, the, the Trump investigation for four years. You, you, you pick and choose which investigations you want to comment on. If, if it's a classified thing, we have wait, we have a skiff over here we can go into and talk to it about mm-hmm. it. But apparently you don't understand that that you work for us in my soul. Do you think that that's enough? Do you think that's enough? Is, is it possible? I don't know what, uh, you know, how far the uh, Congress is, um, because they can't arrest people. Congress doesn't have the authority to arrest anyone, right? That's the department of justice. They have the budget authority. They can cut the budget. But like, I don't know if that's enough. I think you need to, do you need like the DOJ? Like who would arrest Christopher Ray? 
Like, no, I'm you know, not talking because about arresting him. I, I, I am. Talking about, I, I am. It's not going to happen. But you can remove him. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You, you can well, how him. do we make that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. You you get people in office that have the will to do it, and then you hold them accountable for it. This election, this election, this last election should have been a blowout, and it wasn't. And I think it's because yeah. of the apathy. Chris, I'm running in Northern Virginia, which is deep blue. The people I'm running against are awful, unless mm. you want to be a communist. But, you know, that I will probably not win this election because Republicans will not get out and vote and put the people in. They're going to stop this nonsense. A, right. you have to you get the government that you vote in. And B, you have to hold those people accountable. And God bless Jim Jordan. God bless, you know, all of the people that are that are fighting the way that they're fighting. And, and you know, Kevin McCarthy taking these idiots off of the intel committees and all these other committees. You know, at least they're showing that backbone. But we have to remove these people. And I would tell Chris Ray that my sole mission in life would be to have him removed as, as director of the FBI. That was yeah. my sole mission. And then that can happen. I mean, that that's actually a much bigger threat, I would say, than the money thing. But go back to the money thing. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of uh, cut you off there. You're you're saying that if you threaten the FBI with defunding them, that that will actually be a motivator. I'm not quite as convinced. But walk you can't threaten. You, you actually have to do it. You actually have to do it. You can't just threaten it. You have to do it. But like, okay, could you? Could you take money out of like, so this is the problem with having it, the, you know, the, the criminal part of the FBI and the counterespionage part of the FBI. Like when you have these two entities, you still want the going after criminals part, like the policeman part, like, you know. But are they doing that? You still that? want that funded. Chris, are they doing, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you there for a second. Are they doing that? You oh, know, yeah, I, they're going after all kinds of January 6th criminals. Day, I heard the other day, <laughs> I heard the other day. That the president even said that to, even today, the number one threat is white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, well, that was like a commencement address or something like that. It, it, and he's, it, that's not the first time he has said that. Uh, he, no, that is not I the know. first time he has said that. The, they're, they're, we, we, the largest investigation in FBI history was January 6th. Uh -huh. Is that justified? We got we we have terrorists coming across the border. We have fentanyl coming across the border. We have gang members coming across the border. We have all these people coming across the border. What is the FBI doing right now? They're going after January and, and I'm punish the people that 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 broke right, you know, hurt people and what and do all that. Is it all of them? And did it justify the number of agents and the amount of money spent on that? Chris, right. I can tell you right now, and I want you to mark my words. We have uh, Chinese spies that have been infiltrating this nation for quite a while and they're pouring over this border and we've got their military you know we are about to get our asses handed to us if we don't wake up and the fbi is designed and that is the purpose is to prevent that remember i told you spies within the u.s borders that mm -hmm. is the realm of the fbi and that's what they i am not worried you are not worried about some Yahoo with a, um, a Viking hat on his head, who, by the way, was let into the Capitol. He's not my threat, but the no. Chinese Navy and the Chinese Army is. Okay? Well, what's interesting is Trump pointed that out during his during his campaign, actually, in 2016. He said, look, China is the biggest threat. Nobody's paying attention to it. I'm and I don't think we it, yeah. remember. I don't think we remember back then that people really weren't paying attention to China. 
And since Trump was elected, we've had all this stuff exposed. I mean, the Chinese had, I think, the biggest digital attack, like a, a mm-hmm. internet attack on the on the FBI, and they got, I think, they got everybody's names. From what I understand, people had like uh, medical records and, and stuff that was embarrassing mm-hmm. about them, and any kind yep. of criminal conviction yep. in in their personnel files. And like all the personnel files of like the entire federal government were stolen by the the Chinese. So hey, now, if anybody you, can I tell if you, Chris? anybody wants to blackmail anybody from China, they I, it seems like they can now. It seems let like me, tons let me tell of you what they're also doing, Chris. Because mm-hmm. every the, the minute that I announced I was running for the Virginia State Senate, the number of um, Chinese, particularly females, actually it's all females, targeting uh-huh. me. Um, trying to make connections with me since the day I announced, I never had them before, but after I announced, and then shortly after I noticed that, um, there were articles coming about how the Chinese are um, targeting every level, not just federal officials, but state and local officials as well, because they want to influence every level of government. And here in Virginia, Governor Yunkin um, actually just made it illegal for Chinese companies to buy uh, Virginia property because of all the military bases that we have here. They are trying to control every level of government. And I'm telling you, they've been targeting me. Okay. We now, better now, wake now, the hell now, up. What you're talking about very specifically is, I believe, is called a honey trap, right? It is. Yep. Yep. And so you've been targeted. You believe yep. you've been targeted with honey trap. You know, I thought about positive. this the other day. Yeah, the other day, I was thinking when I blew up, uh, my channel blew up early on. I was like, I wonder if they ever sent anybody to try to get me, like a honey trap, <laughs> right? But I have like very specific standards like i you know i'm not gonna like just like flirt with some random chick i mean i i'm kind of a flirtatious person by nature Mm -hmm. but you know not not in any serious way i'm not going to entertain any ideas about some like random chick that's trying to talk to me so uh i don't think that that would official if you're a public official you shouldn't be responding to anything uh mr swalwell Mr. Right, Swan, but he's not the right. only one. Well, well, he did okay. that before he was, I think, a public official. He was right? a local official, is what I'm. Oh, he was at. a local official. He was now, now do you think people local. are responding to online solicitation? Absolutely, they are. Okay. okay. Have you been, hey, Chris? Let me ask you a question. Because that seems less effective than a person. Have you met some of the people running for office? Have you met? Have, have you <laughs> go go take a look at some of the people that are running for office? Look at the people that I'm opposing in my race. These are people that would do anything. To get yeah. into office, yeah. My, my, the, the only thing that surprises me is it's not more that that have been mm. targeted. And what what I'm saying, well, to it you probably is, is. They probably just we probably just haven't heard about it. You know, probably like not not every crime gets exposed, right? But that's where the that's where the threat is, and and I that's what we need the FBI to do. And if and if I had Christopher Ray sitting in front of me, and Christopher Ray, if you're listening, I'm telling you right now, you need to focus on they, the, what's the old saying. Make the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is we got Chinese uh, intel officers coming across our border, targeting our officials. We have fentanyl, which, Chris, I work in a detox unit. I watch people die from fentanyl every day. That is not by accident. And we are we are losing a generation of people. As bad as you think that you know that fentanyl is, it is much worse than you think. And that mm-hmm. is the Chinese doing. You mark my words mm-hmm. for it. That's what. Oh, they no, the Chinese come after us every every <laughs> a thousand different ways and mm-hmm. it's like what what's weird about it though is that the biden administration the fbi these they seem they talk about it like it's a, it's a threat but they don't seem to actually do anything about it they seem to be focusing on the white supremacy problem <laughs> it's you know what's Which, really by the way, weird can you, can you name chris let me ask you yeah can you name the last white supremacy incident <laughs> 
I know. I know. Well, you know what's funny? The left always says, what about Timothy McVeigh, guys? They got to go back to like 1994. To get, I don't remember when Timothy McVeigh was. I think it was 94. Uh, 95, they got to go back to the five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got to go back uh, to the I, 90s. And if you ask people that, so, but the president says it's our, our number one threat, but yet nobody mm. can tell me when the last incident was. It's a talking point. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's subterfuge. It's a, I don't know. It's a distraction, it's a sleight of hand. I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, I understand that there's a, like a political motivation to it, but you'd think that if you focused on real problems, uh, uh, that people would respect you more. I, I, I think about this with the homeless problem in LA. I, I had this discussion with my brother the other day yeah. because I think there's so much corruption in politics, especially on the Democrat side that people will, politicians will allow a problem to persist, like the homeless problem, so that they can say, oh, we need to tackle this homeless problem. Let's invest a bunch of tax money into it. They put it into some kind of nonprofit group or a government-funded organization, or they put it into the businesses or whatever, but it's kind of a scam, right? So they're using taxpayer money to pay off people that they like, or maybe it gets kicked back to them. But in any case... The more government programs that you have, the more social issues that you're paying for, the more opportunity you have for fraud and to steal uh, t- tax money and to pay off mm-hmm. the people that you you know, are, are paying off your campaign. So I think that some of it comes from that, but that's my only theory. I don't really understand why Democrats seem to like problems like like homelessness they they seem to not care about the chinese problem they seem to not care about fentanyl i don't really understand how you're a politician you're supposed to improve the quality of life of americans you don't care about all those things how are americans so blind they keep voting for these democrats all right we're, we're going to wrap up here because we're getting we're just a mm-hmm. little bit past the hour but why don't you give me another breakdown real quick uh, what the problem is, if the Durham report exposed anything, and, and how we fix it. Real quick summary. Okay, um, so the, the summary on this is it confirms everything that we said all along, that the entire uh, Russia collusion scandal was just that. Uh, there was it, it didn't make any sense if you looked at the campaign to begin. I mean, you don't even have to get into the, the case itself. Um, you just listen to the rhetoric of, of Donald Trump and listen to the rhetoric of uh, Hillary Clinton, and you go, why? If I if I were on the command staff of <laughs> with Putin, why would I want Donald Trump as president? It never made any sense to me. So it, it proved that. But furthermore, what it proved is that we had leaders of all of our intel agencies, all of them. Um, remember the the letter of like fifty plus intel former intel chiefs that signed yeah. off on this. They were all willing to do that for political purposes. And, and that's a key takeaway. And the um, that but that was done with the hierarchies of all of these agencies um, because they were put into place. Um, the, the people that and you had we never did talk about Mueller and how during the 12 years of Mueller in the FBI, um, he was able to groom his people to come in that were all like minded. And you had all these yes men that were right under that, you know, second tier and tertiary tiers that that were able to support that. And it took about the 12 years to do that. Maybe we'll do that on an up, another episode at, at some point. But we explain all of this in, in my podcast, mm-hmm, the Mike mm-hmm. Van Meter show, and you go back and listen to it. But um, that needs to be eradicated. And you need to have um, people that are in whatever the next admi- – whatever administration wants to do something. And by the way, who knows? It could be a Democrat administration. I doubt it. But, you know, whoever wants to do it, 
you need to have people in the in your organization that understand that organization and can point to where the problems are in Congress. And if you're a congressman and or woman and you're listening to what I'm telling you right now, you need to stand up to the FBI director. And I'm telling you, I would bring that man Ray in in front of me and say, you fix this or we're not funding you. And by the way, my sole mission in life is to have you removed as director. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, I, I hope, you know, we just got, got to vote Republican. I don't know if that's always the, the perfect answer uh, because, you know, not every Republican is a Jim Jordan. You know, not every Republican uh, is a Matt Gates. We don't. Well, you're, you're, Republic- your worst Republican is probably better than your best Democrat. Just exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> there is something known as the deep state. There is, yeah. you know, some people call it the uniparty, you know, people who are just acting in their best interest, not the best interest of the American people. This is obviously something we want to expose and talk about on this show uh, and throughout, you know, conservative social media, I guess. Um, I have a new video out. I want everybody to watch it. <laughs> I, I'm really proud of it. Uh, well, I'm not proud of it, but, it, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I reported on something that I think is quite cool. Uh, Elon Musk, I don't know if you saw this. Elon Musk came out uh, and uh, was acute. He, he, uh, he basically said that uh, George Soros is evil. He's like, George Soros wants to destroy the fabric of a civilization, I think he said. And he said, George Soros is uh uh, hates humanity, <laughs> which is pretty intense. <laughs> and then he was asked about this by a lefty reporter who was pretending to be nice to him. He's like, I, you know, uh, I don't think that you're an anti-Semite, but I'm curious uh, why you would say something like this, right? And uh, he says, well, that's what I think. And he's like, yeah, but people disagree with you. Aren't you going to ruin your bottom line? And he's like, look, I need to be able to say what I believe is true. And if I... He goes, if that loses me money, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, boom, you got, I mean, Elon Musk just keeps getting better and better. I think he's getting more and more red pilled. Uh, so anyway, Michael, you need to watch my video. Everybody in the chat needs to watch the video. Southern Comfort jumped in. She said, uh, glad I caught it alive. How often do you have them? My opinion is just use common sense. Well, that is the American way, really. That's the Republican way or the conservative way, I should say. That's the Oregon way. That's where I'm from. Now, Michael Van Meter, why don't you tell everybody real quick, once again, where you're running, uh, what your website is, how they can donate to you and everything like that, uh, trying to make Virginia great again. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the great commonwealth in Virginia, and it is a, a great commonwealth. You can see it right here, right? Oh, beautiful. Uh, that's my window. No, that's my wall. <laughs> uh, but it does look like that in the fall. Um, uh, Mike Van Meter, and that's V-A-N-M-E, T-E-R, and um, my campaign website is Van Meter for Virginia. That's spelled out F-O-R uh, dot com, Van Meter for Virginia dot com. And, uh, and also check out my podcast, The Mike Van Meter Show. In fact, that, you've been on that show, uh, Chris, I think a, a couple of times yeah. on there. So well, please oh, reach okay. out and help us. Help us any way you can, because if you don't know Northern Virginia politics, it's probably as bad as you are out there in L.A. It is very, very deep <laughs> right. blue. So a guy like me, it is very difficult. But with your help, we can do it. And we need a lot of your help. Uh, so if you listen to this and you agree with what uh, what I had to say tonight, please help me out if you can. VanMeterForVirginia.com. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we're praying for you, Michael. And mm-hmm. l- let me let me say uh, to answer Southern Comfort's question, I am hoping to make this a weekly uh, uh, broadcast. I'm going to try to do this once a week. I'm going to get some friends on. 
I'm, I haven't exactly figured out what the format's going to be, but we're going to do some kind of a live stream once a week. That's the goal. Anyway, uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end it there. Uh, remember that it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that is not so. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining the show and kind of walking us through what needs mm-hmm. to be done with the FBI here. And it's nice to know that, look, everybody thinks the FBI is evil. There are some good FBI agents, especially yeah. former FBI agents that don't yeah, like a lot of good, lot of good folks, a lot of good folks. Yeah. All right. Good right. leadership. <laughs> We're going to end it here. We'll have you on again. Uh, I don't normally do interviews. You guys know that. Yeah. But if somebody knows their stuff, I do like to have a little bit of a chat with them. And, and I know Michael, he's, he's a good man. So we're going to try to get him in uh, into office and uh, and hopefully he can join Trump and clear out the FBI in a couple of years here. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll chat you. soon, Thank my you. friend. All right. Bye. OK, bye. We'll end the broadcast there. So there was my interview with Chris Coles, also known as Mr. Reagan, based out of Los Angeles, California. And I know that was informative for all of you, very helpful. And I do believe that the only way that we are going to fix the FBI or fix this problem, rather, because there's a lot of people that don't even think that the FBI should exist anymore. But that's another discussion for another day. But I know that this is informative for you and gave you an insight into the organization, uh, the likes of which only really somebody that was in the organization could give you. And I, I wanted to just give you that glimpse so you can understand how the problem happened, the extent of the problem, and more importantly, what we can do about it. So with that, I look forward to uh, presenting to you my interview with uh, Sebastian Gorka, which was on his America First live stream show. And that's going to be equally informative for you. And he he had just a a different take. So with that, folks, support my campaign if you can. Uh, Many of you know that I'm running for the Virginia State Senate here in the 33rd District. And my website is Van Meter for Virginia. And four is spelled out. And it's E-R at the end, vanmeterforvirginia.com. And please visit us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and also I, I... post these episodes on True Social and Rumble whenever I can. So check that out. Guys, as always, thank you for joining me, and I will be talking to you soon. You take care. This is Mike Van Meter, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.